It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we're broadcasting live at the Triangle Fraternity National Convention with a live studio audience. Let's hear it! Come on! All right. Fantastic. And uh, we have with us our first guest uh, here at the Scobie Leadership School, uh, a member of Triangle Fraternity. What is your name? Nick Keller. Nick, how are you? What's your campus you're representing? Uh, UC San Diego. All right. How's life on the beach? Uh, it's phenomenal. A lot of uh, sunshine and uh, beautiful weather. No, no uh, desire to transfer to the Midwest to a school in Indiana or I Illinois. Mean, uh, I, I've have I have the idea, but then I but then I experienced the weather, and I'm like, uh, I don't think so. And then you thought otherwise. Okay. Well, this is actually uh, this national convention is what I call it. You call it the SCOBY Leadership School. Can you tell us real quick what is uh, what is going on here? What is the SCOBY Leadership School? Uh, it just makes leaders out of everyday people. Um, it teaches you how to be a leader and and what you can do to better the people around you. Uh, just through your actions, through your morale, through your character, and through your beliefs. You're doing fantastic. You're better at this than I am. That's great. And uh, I understand earlier today you had uh, a community service project here in town. Uh, what were some of the activities you had going on? Um, uh, my group personally, we had to build a ramp for um, a wheelchair disabled woman. And I know uh, other groups had to build uh, assembly parts for the ramp. I know other people had to clean a library and assemble computers. So the, the groups varied. And what they did, the task. That is fantastic. And who, um, you know, who set those up? Who, how, how did you know when you were finished? Was this a time thing? Could you leave right at 6 p.m.? Or did you have to finish till the, say till the job was finished? Uh, it, it was, it varied. I mean, we, I stayed up until the full time with me and my group just because the group was very, or the, the project was very demanding. Um, we ended up staying until 5.30. Uh, we think we got there around like 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock. I don't, I wasn't paying attention. I just got lost in my work, to be honest. And were, would you say that you were the hardest worker there? Oh, no, my team was amazing. <laughs> my team was amazing. I was just kind of like uh, just watching for a little bit. But then I was like, oh, I'm kind of bored. I'll get involved. So I was going to ask, which, no names, but which guy was like not pulling his weight? It ended up being you. Uh, yeah, it was, it was me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> well, listen, on behalf of the rest of the world, we appreciate all the work you guys are doing here at Triangle Fraternity uh, for yourself with your own leadership school and for other people through the community with your community service. Let's have a round of applause for Nick and yourself. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. Our guest is simply known as Chap. Hi, Chap. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Josh Chapman from the University of Alabama, uh, now an Indianapolis Colt. And I, I'm just going to assume that you've got some great advice for the Roll Tide players now. Oh, yes. I mean, I just left the university, and I mean, I had a great time being there. But, I mean, that's the most fun time I ever had. I mean, being around a group of guys that going for the same goal that you want, and like national championships, and, I mean, that's the brotherhood. And being up here now is just like, I mean, it's strictly business. I mean, you, you chatter with guys, but it's not like in college where you sweat it, you grind, you tear it. I mean, it means a lot there, but, I mean, you enjoy the time there now. 
So for uh, an incoming 18-year-old freshman on the uh, Bama squad, what do you have, I guess, best advice you have for a young man that's just about to embark on a career with uh, Alabama football? I uh, mean, just, just basically cherish I mean, I mean, go grind out there on the field. I mean, I know it was hard for me my couple years there. I mean, everybody in Alabama knows that Chapman hates to run. And, man, it's, that, that running thing, I mean, it kind of gets you mentally. But, man, at the end of the day, it kind of helps me out for my good. And, I mean, we became a successful team at the same time. And I'm glad I had went through this process. And if I had to do it again, I'd choose Alabama. And for the guys uh, just starting at Alabama, what's the one uh, drill that you hated to do? hated that they maybe don't even know this drill exists yet and maybe you're gonna jar the memory of the coaches to say oh yeah we got to do that drill again because because chap hated it so much what's that one drill well one thing everybody know i hated is one tens that's the running one tens man running one tens is the worst but then in practice everybody hates flicks up downs coach saving loves doing these up downs and coach you need to get rid of that and uh i mean just flex period man it gets you tired and but being here Man, you realize that, man, you don't stretch, you don't, I mean, you kind of be all, all up tight in. I mean, but the flex kind of help you out, but flex, I hated flex with a passion. We'll talk about the, the transition from college man to professional athlete. And, uh, and gr you're an adult now. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, you, you can't get away with anything now. You're a grown man. You're an adult. How's it feel? I mean, it feels great, but I mean, I know it's a lot of, I mean, the risks and tasks is kind of high now. The bar is set, and I mean, it's not. You're not in college. You're not getting a, a check from the school. You're not doing this. But, I mean, everything is up to you. I mean, you decide whether you eat or live or how your family lives. I mean, it's a business now. And, I mean, you got to approach every day like it's your job, which it is. Now, if you could compare your rookie orientation into the NFL with your, I guess, transition from high school to college, your freshman year with Alabama football, how many similarities are there between uh, going from high school to college and now from college to the pros? I mean, it's kind of real similar, just, I mean, everything just up a notch. I mean, say, like, the game, the speed of the game is different, but, I mean, just the part of learning is, is all, it's like learning a whole new system. I mean, from high school, you learn, you learn that at one time. From college, you learn this. But in the pro, I mean, you're going to learn a lot of stuff, and, I mean, everything's just, I mean, you got to learn it now. I mean, college and high school, it was taught to you from step by step by step. And the pros, I mean, it's just, Hey, you better learn it now. We give it to you, you learn it, come back the next day, you better know it. But, I mean, it's taught to you a little bit, but at the same time, it's your job to learn it. Josh Chapman, uh, otherwise known as Chap, uh, from the University of Alabama, now an Indianapolis Colt, uh, talking about your two national championships with Alabama. Uh, let's talk about those days. Not anything to do with football. Forget the football field and the football and the grass and the goalposts. What are some of your best memories off the field from your time with Alabama? Man, just being around all my friends. I mean, a lot of people, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people down in Alabama. I mean, I love to have fun. I mean, just going out, say, swimming pool, going to swimming, going to just different barbecues. And, I mean, we love being around each other down there. I mean, it's like a family uh, family thing down there. I mean, being in Alabama is kind of in your blood. You I mean, road tired all your life, but it's all a whole family. I don't think nobody else in the country does it like we do it down there. I mean, it's fun times. Well, the Roll Tide fans are crazy. Uh, everybody knows that. You probably know that more than anybody. What, what's the, uh, I guess, one story you have where you're on the other side of the country? You're in Wa the state of Washington on the West Coast, and somebody with a Roll Tide hat recognizes you and goes nuts. Does that happen? Oh, yes. I mean, one thing about being in this country, you're going to realize that I mean, uh, one college that everybody knows is Alabama, and 
you're going to hear that road tie from far off, and it means a lot to you when you hear road tie, and it means a lot to them when you hear say road tie back. Get to know Adam at adamrich.com. Get to know the radio show at adamrichshow.com. And now we welcome to the show a special guest, Kim Durand. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hi, Adam. Good to see you. Kim is the uh, one of the associate athletic directors at the University of Washington. Some call it UW or... <laughs> Go dogs. Right. Or what is your favorite nickname for the University of you Washington? Know, I um U Dub because I think it kind of fits the personality out here in Seattle. And the Huskies. The Huskies, right. Go dogs, we say. And there's been some controversy on whether or not you spell Huskies with a Y or right. I E. We we're straight I E folks out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to learn more about a Husky uh, initiative within your athletic department. Tell us about it. Yeah, we um about five years ago we started a program called Blitz the Sound. And uh, the Puget Sound is the greater Seattle area. And uh, we have our football team blitz the area um, working with Seattle Public Schools. And so over a two-day period each spring, every one of our football players goes into Seattle Public Schools, elementary and middle schools, and basically work with the instructors there, everything from reading um, books to kindergartners to working with kids with behavioral issues to running PE classes doing school assemblies, kind of delivering messages about the importance of school and education, um, physical fitness, um, respecting authority, all those types of things. And so um, we, it's kind of grown and gotten a lot of national um, recognition. Uh, we we've, do we've it, and it's, it's both great for the Seattle Public Schools and ch- school children, but really the our players get just as much out of the experience, giving back to the community. And so over time, that's kind of evolved. We have several um, football players who didn't want to just do that every spring, but really have turned it into uh, a passion of theirs year-round. So they'll do um, extended visits to campus um, on working with some of our inner-city schools that struggle and uh, actually earn academic credit and work with kind of policies uh, to help better, better, better those programs right in our own neighborhood. Blitz the Sound is a fantastic name. Yeah. That is, uh, did, did that term or that branding come about within the walls of the athletic department, or did you hire, have to hire out a, 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 no, an advertising we, agency we to come up with it? Itself because, um, you know, obviously in this area of the community, everyone knows the sound, and so yeah. Puget Sound. Um, and we wanted something that connected specifically with football. So blitzing, uh, blitzing the sound kind of had, yeah. the, had the right message. That's so much better than sack the lake. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's how we wanted it to um, have something that we could brand over time that the schools, when we reached out every year, could go, oh, yeah, that's that same program from last year, and we had five or six guys come. Um, and so it's taken on momentum. Now we have a lot of our uh, other sports involved, so we have our, a lot of our female teams doing the same thing. We'll go in jointly or at separate occasions. Um, and like I said, it's beneficial for both the, the school children and the schools and, and our young men and women. Just a great name. We've, we've worked with a lot of ad- advertising agencies, yeah. PR firms, and that's yeah. something – that's that's a great branding for that yeah. program. You could make T-shirts, Absolutely. sweatshirts. You could merchandise that and give right. the proceeds to uh, charity. I yeah. mean, that's an amazing. I love that. Blitz the sound. Yeah, and it, I think again, it's just it's now recognizable. It's things that we talk about when even with freshmen coming in, having not heard about the program, if they've lived in the Seattle community, they've heard about it. Um, so even our freshmen are on board. There's not a lot. It doesn't take a lot to kind of bring them up to speed. Because of um, because of the initiative and because the media covers it and it's kind of out there as, as something that we do. When uh, one of your guys blitzes into a school, does he wear um, 
his football jersey yeah. or just a, t- a Washington yeah, T-shirt? So Full jerseys. pads, right? Helmet too? I wish. Uh, <laughs> so we definitely do the jerseys, although some schools have asked for you know guys to come in full pads or explain maybe what they what they do before a game preparation. So we've had some guys that actually you know go in their pants and put on their pads and their jerseys. No and kidding. That so really it's really up to what the school wants and needs. We've um, several schools recently have asked us to ha- take part in bullying campaigns. Mm. So really talking about um, how we don't allow bullying on our team, so they shouldn't in their playgrounds or you know interactions. So it's been fun to really be able to have each team work with whatever that school needs that's a great uh, initiative we thank you for sharing blitz the sound with us uh, here on the social uh, awareness radio show now let's have a little fun on campus in seattle at the university of washington you dub you dub what is your favorite part of this campus this time of year i'm telling you the the trees are beautiful yeah the the fall on campus here unbelievable i think a couple things um we do put up with quite a bit of rain and but we reap the benefits this time of year and in the spring and summer because everything's green um and you know being are surrounded by water is pretty impressive Uh, we enjoy that so you know we're real close to the coast we are surrounded by mountains it's it's pretty beautiful place it's, to live. It's pretty amazing. And something I learned today, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but with all the water and everything, I, this makes sense. Number one rowing, college rowing program in America. Yeah. Is that right? Three consecutive national champions uh, in, in men's crew. And um, yeah, last year's season, they did not lose a single race on their way to win it all. So um, over a six month period, did not lose a single race. That is fantastic. We learned so much here on the Adam Rich Show. (laughs) Blitz the sound and uh, national champion rowing team here at UW with the Huskies. With with an IE. Right, IE, please. Kim Duran, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Adam. My pleasure. It's the Adam Ritz Show. I'm in the Buffalo Bills training facility in Buffalo, New York. Our guest is Paul Lancaster. Hi, Paul. How are you? Fine. How are you today? I'm doing great. And, Paul, uh, you work with the Buffalo Bills as the director of player engagement. And how long have you been here with the Bills? I've been here since uh, 2001. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, A little job security there. (laughs) Well, uh, I've been lucky and blessed. And, Paul, what is your, uh, I guess, background uh, in sports? Um, I'm assuming former athlete, since you're almost seven feet tall. Uh, uh, what are you, about 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, uh, six, six. Uh, yeah, I uh, started off uh, at, at Navy and uh, transferred to a D2 school, Cal PA, California PA. It's a Division two school. How, I guess, um, odd is it that a former basketball player is working in, uh, you know, upper administration for an NFL team with football players it seems to me like a lot of nfl teams employ former football players is that odd or is that normal uh it at the time it was uh kind of kind of odd but uh when i when i was approached about the position uh the the current the gm at that time tom donahoe i was looking for uh some somebody with some credentials and uh you know moving away from the uh, the former player aspect of the position and uh you know, I, I had uh, interned with a sports psychologist out of Pittsburgh that, that worked with the Steelers and uh, got to meet Tom and, and, and get to know him a little bit. And when the job opened up, he just uh, I interviewed for it and was blessed enough to get it. 
So player engagement, uh, you've been here for 12 years with the Bills, and you know we work with player engagement and player development, they call it, on the college level, and it's really kind of a topic that's only been around maybe 10 years at the most. A lot of colleges and pro teams, maybe within the last five years. So uh, tell us how... I guess player development slash player engagement started for you and the Bills 12 years ago and how it's evolved to where you are today. Well, when I, when I came in, uh, there were uh, two player development directors prior to me getting here. Uh, one is uh, Jerry Butler, who is now with the uh, Denver Broncos. And uh, they kind of you know, set the bar as far as what we were doing um, with the players as far as programming is concerned, um, continuing education, um, family assistance, and uh, just helping players deal with transition both into the league and, and out of the league. So uh, over the course of time, it, it, it has kind of transformed and, and morphed into what we now have as player engagement. And But the premise is still the same. It's all about helping the players and uh, helping them make transitions in their life. Paul Lancaster is our guest, uh, the player engagement director for the Buffalo Bills, and you mentioned uh, all the aspects that fall into that category, transitioning players both from college into the pros and from the league into their normal everyday life. So it's a lot of education, continuing education, off-the-field issues. What uh, would you say is the single most important aspect or the thing you like to work with most with these players as they transition from their football life into a normal everyday life after the league? My my favorite to work with is uh, continuing education. And, and the reason being is both of my parents were educators. I really believe in, in education. And so when it comes down to that transition, it's important that players look at where they are in life and look at where, they're ed- where they are educationally. And if they can go back and get into class, if they can seek their degree, it's only going to help them down the line. Absolutely. Great point. Okay, Paul Lancaster, uh, let's have some fun now with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you've been here 12 years. What's your favorite uh, memory from being a, uh, not only a, a Bills employee um, uh, behind the scenes, but as a Bills fan on the field? I have to be real honest. I just enjoy the guys. Um, every, every day is a challenge. Every day is different. I love that about this position. And not knowing what I'm walking into on a daily basis is fantastic for me. I never get bored. All right. Thank you so much, Paul, for uh, joining us on the show. Uh, We have a lot of fun speaking with NFL franchises. I had a lot of fun here today with you and the Buffalo Bills. We wish you the best of luck here. Thanks a lot, Adam. I appreciate you coming through and taking care of our life skills presentation as well. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And we continue in Madison, Wisconsin, on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison, one of my all-time favorite campuses, uh, by the way, the home of the Badgers, Badger Nation, and we are here with uh, a couple uh, gentlemen, fraternity men, who are going to talk about a philanthropy, uh, that's their charity, good causes, community service, raising money. We have with us uh, Don Flowers. Hi, Don. Hey, how's it going? And I introduced you first because as we met off mic, I remembered your name easily, Don Flowers. And with you is, now don't coach me through this. I'm going to try my best. It's Walker. Your first name's Walker. I know that. Walker Van Frankenstein. 
it, it close Walker Van Dixhorn. So you, it was a pretty good shot. I've heard a lot worse. Walker Van Dixhorn. Yes, sir. that's um, that's a really interesting name. Real quick, I guess. Uh, sorry, Don, that your name's so <laughs> awfully boring. But <laughs> no, completely fair. Completely well, fair. What is the? Give me some background on that. Uh, so my dad's side of the family is all from Norway. My mom's side is from Sweden. So both of their grand or grandparents, my great grandparents, were off the boat, and so it's. Uh, you know, it's got some nice Scandinavian roots to it. Who's Walker? Was your, is your grandpa's name Walker? No, uh, that's, uh, I'm actually not totally sure where that one came from. It was either Walker or Forrest or Parker, so I'm kind of glad that I went with Walker. Is your brother's name Texas Ranger? No, no. I mean, you have a, a, a sister named Eliza, though, and she's a, she's a sweetheart. She's actually a freshman here at Madison now. She is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's an amazing name. Okay, well, we're here with, I'll just call you Walker and Don. And uh, I've heard about this charity that you guys do involving uh, bicycles. And you guys, I'm going to put it in layman's terms, and then I want you to describe what you do. You ride uh, a group of you, bicycles, 10 speeds, whatever, road bike. I guess you'd call them touring road bikes, yep. um, cross-country from Madison, Wisconsin to Bloomington, Indiana, uh, every time the Wisconsin Badgers play IU in football. You ride hundreds of miles to raise money for charity. That's how I've heard it. How does it actually happen? Okay, so it's pretty close. So the senior SIGUP class every year kind of um, chooses where they want to go. So we choose an away football game. Um, we go get Coach Brett Bielman to sign a ball for us. And then um, we actually bike the game ball all the way down to whichever host school we pick. And then it's kind of cool. The entire house gets into it. We raise about $15,000 for the American Family Children's Hospital here, oh, at, here in Madison. And, um, yeah, it's really great. Um, a lot of friends from the entire – or for the community, um, local businesses really get into it. And then one of our biggest things is we actually host a sorority powder puff football game that Walker actually organized this year. And that's one of our biggest money getters. So hats off to him. He really helped us out this year. That, that's uh, amazing. So just curiously, who, who was the game last year that you did this with? Last year was Michigan State. And what, I guess what's the campus? You pick the game, so you're not going to pick when Wisconsin plays in the Rose Bowl. You're not going to ride your bikes to Pasadena. Not, not in the cold. So as far as you'll go is, uh, is, is a Bloomington? Uh... Um, we want to keep it semi-regional, but I know in the past, like we've gone to Ohio State. It was about five or six years ago, but we're willing to go pretty far. And I mean, you know, classes can take a secondary motion for a week when TDT comes up. It's for a very good cause, so it's more than worth it. And you call it a TDT? What, what is that for? Tour to Touchdown. Tour to Touchdown. Yep. And uh, we're speaking with Ron – I'm sorry. Don. We're speaking with Don and Walker, um, Sigma Phi Epsilon members at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And, and this is uh, amazing about this bicycle um, tour where you bring the actual game ball to the game – it just happened uh, this season when Wisconsin played at IU. So let me get some couple things straight in my head. Where'd you get the ball? Who okays this? I mean, does somebody with the NCAA, the Big Ten office, does, does the coach of the team you're playing have to say, yeah? I mean, I would, if I'm the coach of the other team, I'm like, I don't want a bunch of fraternity guys showing up with the game ball. No, um, we've done this for so many years now that we've actually had it okayed by the coach. Um, it's more a ceremonial game ball, but fortunately um, – yeah, Coach Brett Bielma is happy enough to sign off for, for us every single year, So, and okay. he recognizes the cause, so we're and very Brett, excited about it. Head coach Brett Bielema from Wisconsin, he signed the ball. Yes. And um, you, how, when did you leave Madison, Wisconsin? How long did it take you to ride your bikes there? How many gentlemen were involved with it? How many, did I already ask how many miles did it end up being? Okay, so... The SIGUP seniors actually originally left Wednesday afternoon. We had to, some of us had to come back for some classes, but what happened was um, we would just take five-mile shifts each time. 
Um, some people had to drive back for class, like I said, but um, we just kept coming back, meeting each other, and slowly we made it all the way down to Bloomington. It was a good 350 miles. But yeah, we were able to crank it out in two and a half days, a lot of 12-hour days, but we got it done. How do you get back? Uh, we drove back. <laughs> we, we were a little too tired to make it all the way back, so we kind of just uh, we slacked it on the way back. Do you, do you train for this? I mean, the average person that just decides to get up and go ride their bike 350 miles, their legs hurt. Did you feel it for weeks afterwards? Um, being a senior, I uh, am not in prime athletic condition anymore, okay. so to say. But um, no, it, it was. Well, it gets worse. Trust me. <laughs> Wait till you're forty. It actually wasn't too bad. I mean, overall, I think we only had to do what was that seven or eight shifts a piece. Okay. Some guys couldn't pull it all, and we had a couple guys who were in prime athletic condition, so they carried us a little bit. But it was not that bad. Okay, so the fifteen thousand dollars that this raised. How and where did that money come from? So a, a lot of it comes from our door-to-door activities. We go around the Madison community. We have uh, gentlemen, you know, dress up nice, wear fraternity letters, go around to some of the, the homes and basically say, you know, say what our cause is. You know, it's the American Family Children's Hospital. We explain to them what we do, kind of what we're about as men of Sigma Phi Epsilon. And then we get an amazing response from just the community at large. Also just from our parents, uh, relatives, some prestigious Sig Ep alumni. People are really willing to donate to this cause, and especially the people that have been donating for a few years I mean, they love it. You know, they get, you know, they can see pictures of the trip. They know that it's really going to something that hits home. You know, it's helping kids in the Madison area. So that's really cool for people. And then also uh, one of the things Don mentioned earlier was the Powder Puff tournament that I was one of the directors of. And that's something that it's, it's honestly one of my biggest kind of favorite events of the year. We go around to all the sorority chapters. We talk to them. You know, we usually bring some of our better looking guys out to really entice the girls. And, you know, we tell them that we've got football players coming. And it's, you know, they also appreciate that it's for an amazing cause. It's helping kids. And these girls, they really get into it. I mean, there is blood, sweat, and tears out there. And Mm -hmm. it it gets pretty heated. But we raised over $5,000 just from that one single day of tournaments. We have entrance fees that are direct donations. And we also make a small profit off the shirts that we also donate to the charity as well. So, you know, the girls are happy to do it. They have a great time. You know, they're all complained for a couple of weeks how sore they are after that day because, I mean, they get pretty rowdy out yeah. there. And we had uh, some members of the UW football team who were nice enough to come out and help us. They volunteered to coach, to referee. And so it's really cool to see Badger athletes getting out there, giving back to the community as well. And, I mean, they, I think they were all pretty impressed at some of the arms that these girls had. There are a couple of girls that are, probably have a better arm than I do, to be quite honest. And they, uh, they sure get, get after it. That's fantastic. So the quick math in my head is that these uh, events have raised uh, $20,000. So is that for uh, this single, this one semester, You, uh, this chapter, Sigma Phi Epsilon, University of Wisconsin in Madison, uh, has raised $20,000 for um, Children's Hospital? Pretty close to that. So uh, the final tally is not going to be coming for a couple of weeks, but yeah, pretty close to that. Well, thank you. Hats off to you as a, as a member of the rest of the world, looking at your generation and what you're doing to try to help. That's amazing, and we, we thank you for your service. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's Walker. Thank you, Walker. You're very welcome. Thanks and Don as well. Thank you, Don. Happy to be here. You know what? Before I let you go, is there a digital property where we can go see some of this footage? Is there a Facebook page where you have some pictures from either the bike or the powder puff game? Uh, we do have a Twitter account. Um, it's at Tour de Touchdown. Make sure to follow it. A lot of fun tweets on there. A lot of pictures on there if you guys want to uh, check it out. And then we also have um, a donation link on there also. We're, oh, we're going to keep taking donations until the end of the year. So um, feel free to donate. We're 
more than happy to accept donations. Absolutely. We, we advise our listeners all the time to get involved and donate. So if you want to help this cause, and it's the Children's uh, American Hospital. American Family Children's Hospital, yes. The American Family Children's Hospital. Uh, if you believe in that cause, go check out uh, on Twitter, at Tour to Touchdown. Tour Day Touchdown. Uh, like the Tour de France, except Tour de Touchdown. Oh, I, it's a play on bicycles. Exactly. Tour, exactly. Not the yeah. Tour de France. It's Tour de Touchdown. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, at Tour de Touchdown. Got it. Thank you very much for having us. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting live today with the Golden Hurricane, the football team at the University of Tulsa. Let's hear it. It's a live studio audience. All right. Uh, I've been on campus for the day, and I learned about an initiative called uh, being a three-dimensional man, or the third dimension. And it's okay that I don't, ex- don't know exactly what it is, because we're going to have it explained to us right now. On this radio show, we cover a lot of social topics. We talk about integrity. We talk about character. And with us now, our first guest is head coach Bill Blankenship. How about a round of applause for Coach? <laughs> And, Bill, uh, is this some, one of your initiatives with your team, the three-dimension guy? Well, it's something we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, uh, something I was fortunate to learn about, actually, as a senior in college. Okay. And uh, just feel like that uh, sometimes that third dimension is left out. A lot, of, a lot of coaches really push hard the, the physical and the mental, and we think there's a third part that uh, sometimes gets left out. Okay. Now, don't tell me what those three dimensions are. We're going to let a player in the room tell us what those three dimensions are. Who, uh, who's a team leader that you trust would, would be able to nail this? Uh, Derek Jackson. Derek Jackson? All right. Oh, he rolls his eyes. Too bad. It's, it's radio, not TV. He rolls his eyes. Stand up, Derek. How are you, Derek? I'm good. How about yourself? Uh, I am a one-dimensional guy, and I'm hoping to be a three-dimensional guy. Can you fill me in on what those three dimensions are? Uh, well, you know, the first dimension is physical, and the second is spiritual, and the third is mental and for me. And so, well, then maybe I am a three-dimensional guy. Maybe. I'm not, you know. Is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, every guy here, we've got a full, you know, a full room, about 100 guys, a Division I college football team at the University of Tulsa. Is every guy here a three-dimensional guy? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yes, we are. Derek, I want to appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Head coach Blankenship, thanks for coming on. Give yourselves one more round of applause. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.